The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky thing, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Joe Napote, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into Hour 2 of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a financial education coach and the author of a a book that was uh, just released uh, this past November called Wealth Building for Beginners. His name is Edward R. Williams, and Edward joins me by phone. Hi, Edward. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Edward, let's let's start out with this. The the title of the book is Wealth Building for Beginners. And I grew up with the old adage it takes money to make money. What are we considering a beginner? So a, a beginner is just someone who's who's starting out. Um doesn't matter if you're you know older or, or younger, but just starting out on your wealth building journey. So, you know, whether or not you're just dabbling into investments um, or even if you've been doing it for a while, but it's been a little bit unorthodox. So someone who's just on the, the correct path to achieving wealth, who's just entering. And that could be um, someone who maybe has worked for a salary forever and figured out I'm not getting anywhere, I need to do something different? Or is it somebody who's who's just getting out of college and, and starting down the road of life? So both, both to answer your, your question, yeah. Because, I mean, if you're working on, on salary and you're going from paycheck to paycheck, then you haven't officially started building wealth yet. And for the person who's, who's you know just coming out of college they, chances are they probably haven't started as well so so both Tom is is investment 
required to accumulate wealth or can it be done by living frugally and saving? Ah, that's a wow, that's a great question. Now and my my personal belief, I don't I don't think that you can you can save your way to, to wealth. Um, I think that it has to be some sort of jump start and, and that's what investments offer. Uh, you know, especially if you if you want to do it within a, a reasonable time period, investments can can really boost someone's position. You know, a lot of times people read about successful people, whether it's uh, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, and in in Bill Gates's uh, case, they like to point to uh, you know his partnership when he dropped out of college and and basically invented uh, Microsoft in the uh, in his parents' garage, but it, it, people have this impression that there are people out there that have accumulated lots of wealth, but almost by accident, like like. Maybe they, they did something, they invented something, or they came up with a new product or service, and it went viral, and they got rich. Is wealth accumulation always intentional? So there's, there's two ways to accumulate wealth, um, either through your, your human capital, right? We work for our, our money, or we have our money work for us, and i I. I'm a big fan of, of doing both, but in either scenario, either you, you work for your money or you're having your money work for you, none of that is done by, by accident. I've, I've never, in my tenure, I've never heard of someone achieving wealth without, you know, by, by accident, without a solid plan. Humorist uh, Alan Sherman, uh, in his autobiography, tells a story about... Um, he he recorded some some funny songs. Most famously, he's known for "Hello Mudda, Hello Fada," but his first album just went crazy because JFK was heard singing one of the songs from the album, walking from a speaking engagement to the to the limousine, and then it just took off. In oh to, wow! In today's era, we would call it going viral, but it just took wow. off and it just sold like crazy. And he tells a story about he'd been out promoting this album and doing concerts and all this stuff. And he was suffering from exhaustion and he was bedridden when he gets a call telling him he's rich. And in order to verify the fact that he was rich, he ordered and paid for and had delivered to his house a car. (laughs) <laughs> wow, and okay. and that proved to him, okay. oh wow, I really am rich, and <laughs> and and this is on the heels of having lost everything. He lost his job, his home, you know, and and then this this thing took off. That's pretty unusual to be just completely surprised by the fact that you've accumulated money. Yeah, yeah, that that that's very unusual. I think that. Um, you know that that's that's one of those rare those rare exceptions to the to the rule you know i mean for the most part when you're when you're accumulating wealth 
it, it starts with a, with putting a, a plan in place, right? You have to you have to have some sort of plan of how you're going to get there. And for those who have achieved wealth without a without a plan, yeah, they're they're the exception to the rule. Do people understand money well enough to make a plan, or do they have to do a lot of research? So a plan can, you know, it doesn't have to be so sophisticated. I think we're just looking for some sort of, uh, you know, some, some sort of orthodox fashion of, of how you plan to, to do it. And so you, you just simply start with where you are, you know, looking at where you are today, um, you know, with the income that comes in the household, the income that goes out the household, and um, and then figure out where you want to be, you know. And so if that goal is is retirement, you know, how much income do you need in retirement, you know? Or if that goal is uh, to buy your, your dream house, you know, how much does that dream house cost? And if after you know where exactly you want to be, then you just, you just create a, a plan to, 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 to get there. Um, that can be a, a savings plan. Um, you know, that can be a, a, a budgeting and expense plan, you know. And, and then what I would do, is I would I would hand whatever you you've created to a financial professional and see if they can here's this word again accelerate it right with with investments and, and various different options so a plan can be pretty simple you know it doesn't have to be too too lavish. Is it important to know um, before consulting a uh, financial professional what your goal is? I would, I would think so, because how can someone teach you how to get to a, a place that you have absolutely no idea where it is? So I, I would think so. I would think that would be the first step of, in just understanding where you, yeah, where you want to be. What is generally the first step that somebody must take to begin the process of, of acquiring wealth? I, I've heard some people suggest that it's real estate. Okay, okay. So there's, I mean, there's there's numerous real estate is just it's just one investment, right? There, there's numerous types of investment. If you sit down and you say, "All right, today I am going to start and I want to achieve wealth," what is my what is my first step? And I think the the, the first step is understanding how much disposable income you have extra, you know, to be able to invest in, in real estate or, um, you know, invest in, in stocks or bonds or mutual funds or real estate investment trusts, whatever, whatever be the investment. So first step is figuring out how much extra income do I have to be able to put into these vehicles to accelerate wealth. Now, if there is no extra income, then you've got to free up some, some income, right? So if you're at a deficit, then you've got to find a way to to make sure that you're you're at you know at, at least you got a dollar coming in of surplus, right? You got to have something because it's it's not you know it's not rocket science, um, you know. There's no there's no musicians or anything, you know. And so you've got to have at least some sort of income coming in to be able to grow. Well, what about, there are so many people working in the gig economy, and they're literally 
just accepting enough gigs, whether they're musicians or bartenders or artists or Uber drivers, they're just doing enough work to pay the bills. Right. Um, how, do, how do they rethink what they're doing or, or take what they're doing and leverage it into uh, the ability to invest? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't take much um, to invest. I mean, I, I've I've did numerous seminars where if you you simply double one dollar, you take one dollar and you let that double every year. So one dollar goes to two dollars in one year. The next year, two dollars goes to four dollars. The next year, four dollars goes to eight dollars, and you simply save that. In twenty years, that one dollar would have turned into a mil- over a million dollars. That's just the power of compounding. So a lot of the challenges that we face when we're trying to coach our, our wealth builders on, on achieving, the first challenge is always mindset. You know? And if you, if you feel that you can't establish wealth, if you feel that, that um, you don't deserve wealth or uh, you know, that wealth can't come to you, then you, you, you're probably right. And so it's just having a, 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 a long-term approach and letting that momentum fuel you. Or as John Maxwell say, the power, the power of one. You know, start with one. Start with one. And that one being you. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't have to be, yeah. Not me personally. No, 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 I mean stuff. yourself. You know, when you yeah. think of the power of one, it's it's about um, I, I'm applying it to getting over any reticence or or fear of uh, yeah. attempting success. Yep, exactly, exactly. You've got to know that you you deserve it and you you you've earned it and and you've got to believe that you can get it because yeah, that's 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 the starting point. That's even before budgeting. You know, your mindset. Mindset, absolutely. Um, Edward, I want to talk some more about this, but I have a break coming up here in just uh, about a minute or so, so I don't want to dig into anything too deep. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure, sure. I would love to. Great. My guest is uh, Edward Williams. Um, He is a financial education uh, coach and author of a book released this past November called Wealth Building for Beginners. And we're going to talk some more with Edward. But first, if you're listening to us on uh, WFOV, our voices radio in Flint, 92.1 LPFM, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House, Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And don't forget, um, you can visit the Tom Sumner Program. Not only can you listen to the show on the Tom Sumner Program website, but you can uh, also search the archives for any interviews that you've missed they're uh, they're all up there hour by hour so if uh, if you missed something you wanted to tune in for you can always catch it there we'll be right back everybody's doing a brand new dance now hi this is mark farner and you're listening to the tom sumner program 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with my conversation about uh, a recently published book um, by uh, financial education coach Edward R. Williams called Wealth Building for Beginners, and Edward joins me by phone. Edward, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Ah, not a problem. This is exciting. Thank you for, for having me on your show. Edward, um, I want to call you out on something you mentioned um, during the last segment, and and it really has to do with the fear that people have of, of investment. You talked about um, you could leverage a single dollar over the course of uh, 20 years to a million dollars simply by doubling that investment every year. and By doubling the dollar, by not du- the investment. Well, you double, the dollar doubles, and then it becomes $2, and then $2 doubles, and, and so on. And in 20 right. years' time, that can accumulate to a million dollars. What I was, what was going to um, ask you about is, is really two things. Um, how can you uh, uh, double an investment like that consistently for 20 years without using uh, professional help? And what professional can you find that's going to start out with a dollar? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that, 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 I, I get this. I, I I tell you, Tom, I probably get this question about seven to ten times a day. So I I thank you for for bringing it up. And I asked it in kind of a facetious way, Edward, and I didn't mean to. But, you know, people have read in the news about people losing their whole retirement accounts and all of these things that happen. And and then Edward comes along and says, you can start with a dollar. Well, you know, there are a lot of people out there who maybe have a hundred bucks. Maybe they're lucky enough to have a thousand dollars in their savings, but you know, they're they're reluctant because they think that it's it's going to collapse on them. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get that, Tom. And you know, the the power of starting with with one dollar is simply to build momentum. When you, when I, you know, in the morning, I, I typically do uh, 100 push-ups or so. I, I try to stay fit. But there's some mornings that I just, I just struggle. And, it, and I, it's very difficult for me to, to think about doing 100 push-ups. But I, I'll tell myself that I'm going to do one. And I, I get down and I do one push-up. Well, guess what, Tom? Then I end up doing another push-up. And then I end up doing another push-up. And then before I know it, I've reached the, the, the 100 push-ups for my, my, daily, my daily limit, my daily uh, value that I want to do every single day. And the same goes with finances. Now, don't put everything you have into investments because investments, you know, you've got to consider someone's financial situation, their investment objectives, their tax bracket. Uh, their risk assessment towards investments, their their age, uh, so many different. I mean, their investment time horizon, even even political views. You know, that I, I've I've got someone. Uh, I think it was a few weeks ago where we invested her in, in tobacco stocks, and 
she didn't like it. She told me that, you know, I just don't, I don't agree with tobacco companies. And so we had to move that into something else. And so there's numerous factors that you've got to consider when you're investing. And so, yeah, do not put everything you have expecting to, to have 100% doubling it because it's not going to happen. You know, the stock market over the last, I don't know, 50 years, the S&P 500 over the last 50 years, it probably averaged about 75 to 8%. So it's not going to double every year. What I'm suggesting is saving, saving that dollar on your own, right? And then investing whatever you feel is appropriate. So saving that $1 one year and then saving $2 the next year and then saving $4 the next year because it's the same mentality as doing that one push-up. You'll, you'll find that that momentum will pour you further along the way. And this is coming from, so Tom, I didn't, I didn't really share my, my story much with you, but I was, I was one who uh, came from, you know, my, my family grew up pretty, pretty poor. You know, my dad was a taxi cab driver and mom was a court secretary and, um, you know, they gave us everything they, they had. And so I was able to go to school and um, get a good education. I kept my first job out of, out of college was an investment bank on Wall Street. I worked for uh, Merrill Lynch at the time on, on Wall Street. And I had, you know, got some, some good income. I, you know, I think I was a kid coming out of college making, I don't know, over $100,000 a year or so. But what I found was I was spending more than $100,000 a year. And I ended up being completely broke, completely broke, Tom. In fact, my, I remember this like it was yesterday because my dad, um, came down with an illness. He established that he got diabetes and he needed me to help send money home and take care of mom And while he's in the hospital. And I didn't have any money to, to do it. I had zero, absolutely nothing. I was flat on my back. And so I had to build a system and a plan of achieving wealth and getting to a level that I would consider acceptable. And so everything that I'm, I'm saying now is things that I've, I've did with my own personal finances. So the, 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 the power of putting $1 into an investment, yeah, there's some investments where you can start with a dollar, and if that's all you have, then do it. Um, but, you know, if you have more that, that can go into it and, and it's a proper investment, then, then, then certainly. But just make sure that you consider everything as a whole. All right. Did I did I answer your question, Tom? Yeah, I think so. I I just I can't help being reminded of the the joke Steve Martin does this setup where he says, "I'm going to explain to you how you can make a million dollars and never pay any taxes. First, get a million dollars. <laughs> then, <laughs> and the the idea is like getting the million dollars is the easy part. And uh, and you know, as as you were telling your story, I, I kept thinking, you know, even when you were broke, you had earning potential that a lot of people don't have that your parents didn't have. Well, that earning potential was all was all stuffed into expenses that I had to cut out. So it doesn't matter if you have. If you you know, yeah. If you if you if you earn one hundred fifty thousand, but you're but you're spending, you know, two hundred thousand, then that that's either way, it's still bad. I mean, I would rather earn a whole lot less. I would rather earn thirty thousand and spend ten thousand. 
And and that's a typical example. I mean, I we have people come in our offices who um, there was an anesthesiologist who I'm thinking of who, who's earning, I think it was like 450000 a year, who has absolutely nothing, flat broke. And then I have a barbershop owner who's making, you know, maybe $60,000 a year or less, who's, who's already a millionaire, you know, who's already a millionaire because he saved properly, he lived beyond his means and invested rest. So it's just a, it's just about having that that plan. It doesn't really matter if you if you make a lot of money because it's 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 not about how much you make. It's all about how much you save. And and you can save your way to a, a comfortable level of prosperity. When you talk about uh, earning thirty thousand and spending ten. You're getting a lot closer to real life there, Edward, for, you know, a lot of the people that I know. They're in that $30,000 range. And, yeah, they might be spending $40,000 and running up lots of credit. But that's really kind of the neighborhood that, that people need to rethink and, and you know, get that spending down like the barber did so that there is that ten or $20,000 a year that accumulates yep. over time. Yep, exactly. And, exactly. And, and I guess the um, uh, question then becomes, is there, is there a formula? Is there a recommended, like if you set up a budget and you've got income on one side and expenses on the other, and you look at the expenses, you cut them where you can, you get them down. Um, is there a formula for that for how much you can afford to spend out of what okay. you make in, in percentages? Like if you if you can keep your expenses at 70 or 65 or 60 percent of your gross revenue. Is there is there some kind of a formula that people should use when budgeting, and not just use the zero balance budget that most people do? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great, and I think that when you're when you're starting um, when you're starting out, everyone and you'll you'll hear this. This is not you know not a secret. You always want to come up with some sort of emergency money, right? And the emergency money should be. Uh, three, let's just say three months, three months of, of living expenses. I like to say three to six months of living expenses, but let's start with three months. So if you're first working to, to save that, okay, then you get that. Then you put some, some sort of protection in place, some sort of protection meaning certain insurances, right? You might want to have... Um, maybe there's some, some life insurance that you, that you, you need. Um, maybe there's some, some disability insurance that you, that you need because you are your largest asset. Your earning potential is probably going to yield you a higher dollar than any investment will. So you might want to make sure that you got some sort of protection there um, and long-term care, these, these sort of things. And so get, get that in place. And then everything else after that, I think should go into investments. And, and so how does this look? If you have $1, right, let's just go back to this $1. If you have $1, I, I feel that 50% of that dollar, before it even comes into your household, you should put aside, right? 50% of that, that dollar you should put aside. Now you have 50 cents left. And out of that 50 cents, 
I think 25 cents of that dollar should be used to, to, to you know, pay your, your expenses and, and everything else should be able to, you should be able to handle with 25% of that. And then the, the, the remaining 25% is, that's your, that's your play money. That's your, you know, go ahead and, and have fun. So that's my recipe that I like to instill with, with clients. And, and, it, and it, it may be challenging when you're first starting out because I'm sure most people have expenses that far exceed 25%, right? But ideally, if you can, the more you can save, the better off you are. Maybe you can just start with saving, you know, just maybe your expenses right now might be 75% of, of what you make. And then you can gradually wean down. All right, gradually wean down, and that's that's what I had to do. I mean, I I just cut my cut my expenses as low as I can possibly get them. You know what's interesting, <laughs> and I something I thought of as you were talking about putting that emergency money away. You know, that three to six months of living expenses, and <clears throat> you know, in case of an emergency. And and I was thinking in the back of my head, and then try really hard not to have an emergency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you gotta have. Well, I mean, between yeah, everyone always has them. You just want to make sure that you're in a position to be able to handle it. Well, I've I've read articles about uh, uh, estimates that that average Americans um, really couldn't survive a four hundred dollar emergency. Yeah. Wow. I didn't hear 400. I've heard a thousand dollars, but wow, 400. That's even, yeah. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you, you, you can, you can handle that, you know, so plan for it, plan for it. And that's the, that's what I'm, I'm talking about in my, in my book. You know, it's, it's uh, building wealth is, it's not a secret. Um, but if you got a, if you have a proper plan then anyone can accomplish it, anyone can accomplish wealth. All right. And start, now start now no matter where you are in life start now and and we we talk about all the the, the formulas and the, we put it in the book and 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 just give you a step by step um manual on how you can achieve your your goals and tell me about the wedge the wedge yeah so this is i i put together a a system um, after I was completely, I guess, just completely broken and had nothing. I, I remember sitting on my kitchen floor and thinking, all right, how can I put together a, a system? Um, and I came up with this, this concept of just a, an accordion style folder. And I, I know just in, in learning about finances, I know that there's, there's 10 laundry items that everyone needs. And those 10 items are broken down into three categories of insurances, um, investments, and estate planning. And so I took this accordion-style folder time, and I, I broke it down into the 10 categories within those three, right? So with insurances, you know, you got your, your life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care, that, that's, that kind of thing. Um, investments, you know, 401ks, mutual funds, all sorts of investments, right? And then estate planning. Um, you know, your will, your, your power of attorneys, and, and these type of things. So there's 10 items. And I, I sat down in my kitchen floor and I said, all right, Edward, what do you have right now of these 10 items? 
And I found some loose statements around. Um, I think I'd had like an older 401k from my employer. And so I, I gathered that statement and I put it into the investment tab. And then I'd had, um, I'd had a, a will that was drafted years ago. And I, I gathered that and I put it into the, the um, estate planning tab. And then for the insurances, I had, I think I, I had some term life insurance and, and things of these. And so whatever I had, I just dumped it in there. And there was a lot of holes that I didn't have. And I would work, I would work hard to try to get those things. And so even if I, you know, for instance, if I didn't have disability insurance, I would just go and get a, you know, a very inexpensive disability insurance so that I can have it. And what I did after I put that, that statement in my, my wedge, my accordion-style folder, I celebrated my wins, you know, and I, I was really excited. It was like like money going into the bank, you know. I just felt I felt great about getting this this system set up, and you know, my investments. When I if I purchased an additional investment, I would take that statement, dump it into the wedge, into the accordion style folder, and celebrate my wins again. And it got to be a point where I was so hungry to complete this this wedge to make sure that I got all the items so that I can strengthen them every single quarter and just look at them and I will come home and just stare at them. And, um, and then that momentum just, yeah, it, it fueled me to get my complete wedge in order. And then every quarter I'm just strengthening it and I'm strengthening it. And it's just like, you know, before you know it, you, you have this strong vehicle in place that has all the essentials. And, if, and, you know, I have my emergency uh, money in there. I, I even went to the, the, the bank and I titled it. Instead of checking account, I put Eddie's, Edward's emergency money. And I, I took that statement and I put it into the wedge. And this wedge just became my, my superpowers. And, um, and I teach this now. And, I, you know, we give it to our clients. We'll start them out with the wedge folder. And, and we'll have them come to us you know, every, every, maybe twice a year. And we just strengthen the wedge. But this is a useful tool that will allow you great momentum so that you can always move forward. Is is writing out a budget a really good way to for for someone to be able to figure out for themselves where they can cut spending? Yeah, I think it's the best way. I think it's the best way. You've got to figure out what you know. Just dump everything on the table. What do you, what's coming? You know, what expenses do you have? What's coming out the household? You know, because you have the money that's coming in. What, what, all list all the things that's coming out the household. Anything from, you know, you have like a stick of gum, or maybe I don't know, you buy a cigarettes or anything. Everything that's coming out the household, absolutely. Well, I remember going through a, a period. I used to enjoy drinking soda a lot, and I'd be in a work environment, and I'd be buying sodas out of the machine every day for a buck, buck and a half, or whatever it was at the time. And then I, something said, you know, I am spending way too much money on soda. And I started buying soda by the case and keeping them in a cooler. And I quit buying them out of the machine. And I think it went down to about 25 cents a soda. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I was surprised at how much money I saved doing that. Yeah. When I was a smoker Absolutely. and cigarette prices were going through the roof, they were getting up to $5 a pack. And for a while, I rolled cigarettes and saved yeah. a ton of money. 
And so I, I, I guess as, as we get close to the end of our conversation, I guess the, the message I'm trying to, you know, have you reinforce is that there are a lot of things that we spend and, and we may even think of them as necessary things, but there are ways to do it cheaper. What doesn't get measured doesn't get counted. So you can always just measure everything, measure everything, because you've got to know, you've got to know what that is before you can reduce it. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Tom. Well, I, and, and I think your wedge idea is, uh, is brilliant and in a good way of measuring things. And, you know, if you can, if you can look at it, you know, if you can lay it out in front of you, you can understand where the holes are and what you need to do. And and I think that's uh, I think that's tremendous. And and I have to admit, and I apologize, Edward, I have not read the book yet, but I am looking forward to it. <laughs> oh well, no, Tom! <laughs> Wealth Building for Beginners was released in November of 2020, just a just a few months ago. And uh, my guest, Edward Williams, is a financial education and holistic wellness coach. And I, uh, I, I wasn't sure what that meant till you told me you do 100 push-ups every day. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've done 100 push-ups in my life, Edward. <laughs> but, oh, wow. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, uh, as, as we get close to wrapping this up, I like to give uh, guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, the book, and your work, past, present, and future. Um, do you have a website? Yes. Our website is edwardrwilliams.com. edwardrwilliams.com. Our latest book, uh, Wealth Building for Beginners, you can find it in um, I don't know, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, um, or even Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, Wealth Building for Beginners. Um, and our, our social you know, you can always follow Edward, us on social you said, media. You said even Amazon, like that was an afterthought. I thought there was like a law that all books had to be on Amazon. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it depends. You know, I'm I'm pretty old school. I like going into a bookstore and Me feeling too. it and touching and flipping. I mean, I, you know, my, yeah, I, a lot of people, yeah, Amazon is a giant. I guess pe most people start with Amazon, but me, I'm a, I'm a little different. You know, I like the tangible <laughs> aspect of books, old-fashioned books. Well, I do too. And Edward, thank you for uh, for spending this time with me this morning. It it's uh, been a fascinating conversation. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you, Tom. And may I tell your listeners how to follow me on social media? You, absolutely. Yeah. So on on social media, um, our accounts are Wealth with Edward. So if you go to Instagram, you could look me up, Wealth with Edward. And also uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and everything. So thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me this morning. This, this, this was fun. Take care. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank right. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Once again, uh, author of a new book uh, just came out last November, Wealth Building for Beginners by Edward R. Williams, financial uh, education and holistic wellness coach. We're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. Um, if you're 
streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com. We have some messages as well, so don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, 
Where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good evening and welcome to the Money Program. Tonight, on the Money Program, we're going to look at money. Lots of it, on film and in the studio. Some of it in nice piles, others in lovely clanky bits of loose change. Some of it neatly counted into fat little hundreds, delicate fivers stuffed into bulging wallets, nice, crisp, clean checks, pert pieces of copper coinage thrust deep into trouser pockets, romantic foreign money rolling against the thigh with rough familiarity, beautiful wayward calicute banknotes, filigree copper plating cheek by jowl with tumbling hexagonal milled edges rubbing gently against the terse leather of beautifully balanced bank books. Sorry, but I love money. All money. I've always wanted money to handle, to touch the smell of the rainwashed florin, the lure of the lira, the glitter and the glory of the guinea, the romance of the rouble, the feel of the franc, the heel of the Deutschmark, the cold antiseptic sting of the Swiss franc, and the sunburnt splendor of the Australian dollar. I've got. Ninety thousand pounds in my pajamas. I've got forty thousand French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira now. The Deutsche Mark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money you can make a splash. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. Money, money, money. There's nothing like a newly minted pound. Money, 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 money. Everyone must hanker for the bunchness of a banker. It's accountancy that makes the world go round, round, round. You can keep your Marxist ways, but it's only just a phrase. For it's money, money, money makes the world go Money, 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 money. I wanted to get some new girlfriends So I went and bought a Mercedes Benz A waste of money Eight thousand bucks down the drain I thought the girls would get wild and reckless So I bought cultured pearls And a diamond necklace A waste of money That cost me four thousand more They were returned I got no girls they repossessed Both the car and the pearls I styled my hair Just like Cary Grant's Bought a pair Of those new Tight pants A waste of money Household finance Took my pants 
the female gender I just don't get it Just when I'm out of both cash and credit I found a honey And this is what's funny She don't need my money She works for household finance This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program
Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 